1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I'm glad you've joined us today. I have a message from the heart of God, one you need to hear. When I use the term set apart, we have a concept of what that means. We would recognize immediately what it means when we're set apart for a job. It means we go to our work, we give our time, our energy, and in return we receive payment. We are set apart for the job, but when we're finished working, we go home and we relax. We have dinner and then do whatever we're going to do with our time. When you're set apart for marriage, you have a wife or a husband, you spend time with them, but there is still a part of your heart and a part of your life that you reserve for yourself. You don't lose your identity when you're married. If you're going to school, you set apart the time to study you set apart the time to attend class. If you're invited by friends to go for a weekend, you set apart that weekend to be with those friends. We understand to be set apart. This is not the kind of being set apart I have referred to this week when I spoke of being set apart for Jesus. This is a much different kind of being set apart. Because once we are set apart for Jesus, we don't return from that place of being set apart. It's not a part-time job. It is our life that we sow into the gospel commission, into the kingdom of heaven. It is a full-time, forever total giving of ourselves now how do we get there well we get there by enrolling in the school of the holy spirit there are examples of this school of the holy spirit many of them in the old testament i'd like to take you to one and show you some very specific steps that god took joseph through as he was enrolled in the school of the holy spirit and by the way he did not volunteer to be enrolled but he could have escaped it was not his choice but it became his choice as he matured he could have escaped he could have run Now, as you are called to be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit, it may not have been by your choice to be enrolled. But you can escape. You can run. And I have seen many men and women run from the school of the Holy Spirit when it got too tough for them because they still wanted their own life. And you cannot have your own life and be enrolled in the Holy Spirit in the school of the Holy Spirit because he slowly will strip out everything that he is not pleased with. He will strip out anything that would prevent you from fulfilling the task that he has outlined for you. God spoke to me in the early hours one morning. He said, I have a plan for your life. Let the Holy Spirit make a new man of you. And I immediately got on my face and began to cry out to God and say, Yes, Holy Spirit, make of me a new man. Now, I knew when I said that, I was enrolling in a much deeper place in the school of the Holy Spirit. And that was okay with me because I'd already paid a huge price And had already determined that I would go to any ends necessary to be used by the Holy Spirit in the accomplishment of his mission of the Great Commission. This is a decision we have to make. Joseph, a young man of 17, is tending the flocks with his brothers. He is the youngest, and he is the most loved by his father. And because he is most loved, his father makes him a richly ornamented robe to set him apart from his brothers. His brothers see this, they see that his father loves him more than the rest of them, and they hate this young man. And then God comes calling, and he gives Joseph dreams. In one dream, he's binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly his sheaf rose up and the sheaves gathered around it and bowed down and worshiped him. And he shared this with his brothers. And they said, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream that he'd shared. But then he had another dream. And in this dream, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were all bowing down to him. This brought even a rebuke from his father. What do you think you're talking about, Joseph? Now, it was very clear that Joseph could never accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish by remaining in that hostile family element. And so very quickly, God has him utterly removed from the family. And he now is on his way to Egypt sold into slavery by his brothers. So he has now lost all family connection. He's now lost all sense of I'm somebody because my father loves me more than the others. He has now been cut off from the moorings of his home life. And often this is part of what happens when we enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit he begins to cut us off from family and from friends and he begins to isolate us now he is brought into Potiphar's house Potiphar is the head of security he runs the prison and Joseph goes to work for Potiphar, and he very quickly becomes the favorite servant of Potiphar. This young man had natural leadership talents. He developed those talents, transitioned from being a shepherd boy, looked at with scorn by his family and by Potiphar. They didn't like shepherds. They stunk. They smelled bad. And so now he's brought into the sophistication of the Egyptian culture. And he becomes the favorite servant and everything is put in his hands. Now Potiphar's wife propositions him. He says no. She continues to proposition. Finally, because he will not go to bed with her, she lies about him and in the lying, angered Potiphar, and Potiphar puts him in prison. Now what's happened? His natural talent of leadership and his natural talent of being Mr. Personality with all of the staff, all of the other slaves, he is now cut off from them as well. He is isolated in prison. So first God takes his family. Then God takes all sense of entitlement and dignity. He's now a slave. He is the lowest of the low. He has his pride crushed. It's not easy for any man or woman to go through where all is stolen away. But this is the school of the Holy Spirit. Then, as he is in that prison, stripped of his dignity, accused of a crime he did not commit, innocent, there's probably no more crushing place to be than to be innocent but charged with a crime, imprisoned, now in that prison he is again brought forward and he is given charge of the prison but he is still a prisoner he is still crushed now in his natural talents and the talents and the abilities that god begins to grant him like prophesying interpreting dreams as he begins to take a hold of these new talents that God is instilling in him, the baker and the butler, the cupbearer and the baker, they're brought to prison. And now he interprets their dreams and he urges them. When all of this takes place, will you please, please talk to Pharaoh and tell him, I am innocent. I am not guilty. There is still a residue of pride in Joseph's heart. He is a righteous man. He has refused the sexual advances of a very beautiful woman. He is called by the Holy Spirit to a righteous life. But there is still in him the element of self-defense. There is still in him the sense of entitlement. There is still in Joseph the sense that I have been unjustly treated. And so he now begins to try to bargain his way out of this prison. Please understand... It was God who put him into slavery. It was God who brought him to that prison. It was not the devil. God was bringing this young man through the school of the Holy Spirit until he should finally graduate. With humility, utterly broken of all sense of his own abilities and pride, broken utterly from any sense that he was in charge this is the stripping down of a man's heart so many ways this has been my story I've never been put in prison but in other ways I have been imprisoned and I'm still in that prison and I'm waiting on God a stripping away of all flesh desire a humbling of our hearts now I know some people who say not going to happen to me I'm going to retain my dignity. I'm going to retain my ability. I'm going to retain and I'm going to charge and I'm going to make something of my life and it doesn't matter who I step on in the process. I'll take whatever I can take. I'll grab whatever I have to grab to survive and to live well, irregardless of what happens to other people. I love you, but if you get in my way, I'll squash you like a bug. I'll sue you. I'll deal with you in whatever way I have to deal, but I will have my way. That's a person who is resisting the school of the Holy Spirit, demanding their rights, demanding that they be set free. And this was Joseph. He was imprisoned. How many years? I don't know, maybe seven years. And he's demanding his rights. He's demanding that Pharaoh set him free and overrule Potiphar because he's innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I didn't do it. The sense of injustice rises in his heart and rankles in his spirit. So these two men have their dreams interpreted according to the word of god and then for two years he continues to sit in prison and now he can choose to be bitter with the baker and the cupbearer the The baker's been executed, but the cupbearer is back in Pharaoh's good favor and in his presence. He could easily speak to Pharaoh, but he's forgotten all about him. Now Joseph has to face the reality that he could sit the rest of his life in this prison. He cannot escape. He cannot free himself He's tried every argument. He's had access to the highest officials of the land. Nobody is caring about him. Nobody is thinking about him. Nobody is worrying about him. And every day he has to serve the other prisoners. He can't just be in the prison and be normal, if there is such a thing. He is being demanded to be a servant to prisoners. And they have their demands on him. Get this, do this, do that. But slowly the Holy Spirit transforms him and gives him an absolutely humble heart. The Lord removes all bitterness from his soul. At first, he was very angry with his brothers. But as the years have gone by, the anger has dissipated and disappeared, burned out of his heart, because now he knows he may be in this prison the rest of his life. This is his life. He can't change it. He's he's eating prison food. He can think back in the night and remember his wonderful father, and his wonderful father's house. But he can't go to him. He can't communicate with him. He can't write to him. He is imprisoned. And now he has to make a decision. Is he going to go into total depression and despair? Or will his heart rise up and acknowledge the living God of heaven. Somewhere as he was riding or walking with that rope around him as he was headed into slavery in Egypt, my sense is he probably made a vow that he would be set apart for God. His dreams, he's basically forgotten. As a young man, a young man's foolishness. I urge you, do not forget the dreams and visions that God will give you, the promised words he will whisper into your heart. He will bring those to pass if we will be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit and not rebel against the Almighty. God has spoken to some of you very clearly. He's made you promises. It looks like those promises can never come to pass. Some of you have become sick. And now you say it looks like I'm going to die. Whatever it is required of of you to humble your heart before God to give up on yourself to stop demanding your way to set yourself apart for the living god of heaven regardless of what your physical surroundings are regardless of what your finances are the early hours of this morning i was about 3.30, crying out to God, saying, Lord, I praise you, I worship you. If I look in the physical, everything looks impossible. If I look in the spiritual, God's arm is not too short. All things are possible to the Lord, to the man who believes. And some of you have been so ground down You've, you've experienced such hardship that you're ready to just throw it all out in despair and say, this is useless. God must be gone. He's not with me anymore. Oh, my brother, my sister, God has a plan for your life. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you, but he will take you through the deepest of waters. But they will not overwhelm you. this God we serve. How I love him. Oh, how I worship him. I have nothing to offer him except the love of my heart. Joseph came to the place where he knew he had no talent or ability that could cause him to escape from that prison. His foot was in a snare. There was no way he could release himself. Some of you hadn't gotten that yet. You still think you can work hard enough and you can get out of that mess you're in. You think you can pay off all that debt on your own. You think you can somehow find the energy and muscle through that tough time in your life. No, you can't. No, you can't. God has called you. Either through your own foolishness or through the divine hand of God, you've been brought down to the very bottom. You've been brought down to a place where you say, if God does not deliver me, I'm going to die. That's exactly where I am today. If God doesn't deliver me, I'm going to die. I praise his name. I worship him. Live or die, I will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I have set apart my life to be sowed completely into the great, commission into the work of the gospel. I have nothing saved apart from the gospel. I have no private world that is mine. I have no private hobbies that are mine. I have no work that is mine. Everything has been given into the hand of my Lord Jesus, and I don't deserve anything from him except judgment. And to be cast into hell. I can make no claims. I can't say, Lord, I'm entitled to deliverance. I am not entitled. I can say, Lord, look at the bad deal I've gotten. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten nearly what I deserved. (laughs) Oh, when you begin to look at life through the school of the Holy Spirit, suddenly everything begins to shift and change. Are you in the school of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to give up everything in your life for Jesus? Here he is. He's in prison. And Pharaoh has a dream. And the cupbearer remembers this man in prison who interpreted his dream and the baker's dream, this young Hebrew man, the servant of the captain of the guard. And so he tells Pharaoh. And Pharaoh immediately sends for Joseph. He was quickly brought from the dungeon. He had to shave. His beard was long. He had to change his clothes. He had to scrub himself so that there would not be the stench of prison upon him. He was given new clothes to wear. I'm sure they did his hair and his beard as they cut it and arranged for him to look respectable to go before Pharaoh. He comes before Pharaoh and here is the acid test. He comes before Pharaoh and Pharaoh says to Joseph, I had a dream. No one can interpret it, but I've heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Listen to Joseph's response. I cannot do it, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Oh, I love that answer all of the pride and all of the entitlement and all of the gifts have been put to death. And he honestly can say to Pharaoh, I cannot interpret your dream, but there is a God in heaven who will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And so Joseph hears the dream of Pharaoh and the Lord quickens Joseph's heart and God begins to reveal to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. God has put Joseph through the most grueling school of the prophets. He has utterly decimated this young man's pride and arrogance. He has taken all self, all sense of entitlement, all pride, all bitterness of heart. He has removed all of that. That's what happens in the school of the prophets, in the school of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do in your life. But as long as you're a part-time Christian, he will not do this. Many of you listening to this broadcast are part-time Christians. You go on Sunday. You may even preach on Sunday, but then you have your own private life outside where some of you walk in desperate wickedness before God. You go into the office Close the door. People say, Oh, he's praying. No, he's not. He's on the computer looking at pornography. One member opened their pastor's door, wanted to say just a quick word to their pastor, and what did they see? They saw him watching the pornography. They were devastated. Some of you have secret lives. One director of men's ministry one Friday afternoon said to me, Pastor, why don't you come and go to the action movies over at the theater with me? I said, what? No, I don't do that. He said, why not? Nobody will know. I go every Friday to see the latest action movie. I said, you drink that violence into your soul? Well, yeah, come on, it's nothing. Yes, it is something. It's walking in the way of darkness. It's saying I'm a part-time Christian, a part-time Christian worker, a part-time Christian pastor, but I have my own private world where I live for myself. Then your life has not been set apart for God yet. If there is any area of your heart that you have reserved from God where you are not your best for him, then you're in trouble with god and it will cause you to either be expelled if you have been enrolled in the school of the holy spirit or it will cause you to have to repeat grade one or grade five over and over or grade seven over and over and some of you've been doing the same thing year after year after year you're not making progress in jesus You still don't sense and know the presence of the Holy Spirit. Your heart is still not hot with fever and love and devotion to Jesus. You're still lukewarm. You're still playing church, playing Christian, because you've been unwilling to be anything but a part-time Christian. You've not enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. Intending to graduate. Now I tell you, I'm praying that I can graduate before I die. And the Lord has said to me, I have a plan for you. I pray that plan involves revival. I pray that I can pass the tests that Abraham passed when he took his son to offer him as a living sacrifice I pray that I can pass the test that Abraham passed even my most beloved is laid on the altar of a burnt offering all that I have and all that I want is in Jesus Christ There are scriptures that talk about this. But just to finish, Joseph is is spoken of by Potiphar, by Pharaoh. And he says, can we find anyone like this man in whom is the spirit of God? Does anyone think that about you? The spirit of the living God is in you. Do they say that about you? They put him in charge. He's 30 years old. They put him in charge of all of Egypt. He is second to Pharaoh. He is now the boss over over Potiphar, the captain of the guard. He was a slave for Potiphar. Now he's Potiphar's boss. This is what God can do. This is what God had to do with Joseph to prepare him. And you know the story. Joseph's brothers come down to buy food and he tests them to the nth degree. He wants to know what's in their heart. But he loves them and he forgives them. And he reunites the family. And he brings the family together for salvation. He fulfills the purpose of God for his life. Now he dies fairly young, 110. His father lived to 130. His brothers outlive him. Why? Because he's been so fully spent for the work of the Lord God of heaven but he has saved the nation and he saved his family. What would you be willing to pay to save America or to save China or to save Vietnam? Would you be willing to lay your life down to save a nation? God's preparing you to do something for him. If you will submit to that preparation and not rebel in your own arrogance before a holy God, if you will look with compassion on others and forgive them for their trespasses against you, then God will forgive you for your trespasses. Now, in the New Testament, there are several passages of Scripture that I want to quickly share with you if you turn with me to second corinthians the 5th chapter i'll begin reading with verse 14 for christ's love compels us compels us to what to enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This is total sowing of your life into Jesus, to be set apart for him in this school of the Holy Spirit. So because we've taken that position, he says, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What is a worldly point of view? It is where we say, I can be part-time Christian. I can be whatever I need to be at work. I'll give myself to work. I'll set myself apart for work. I'll set myself apart for school. I'll do whatever I have to do wherever I am to be successful. But in the end, I'm building my life. I'm taking care of me and my family. This is about me. No, he says, they no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So we don't regard anyone now from that worldly point of view of what can they do for me? What can I get out of them? How can I get my advantage? That's no longer the issue of our life. One person would go to their job just the instant they were required to be there so they could check in with their boss the minute before they were to begin work. And I said to them, you know, why don't you go 10 or 15 minutes early and find out what's happening and see how you can. Are you kidding me? They don't pay me for that time. I'm going to be there only for the time they're paying me for. Oh, that's a person who refuses to be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. That's not a godly attitude. That's regarding everything from a worldly perspective. Of what can I get? I'll get what I'm deserving. I'm gonna be paid. How wicked. If anyone is in Christ, this is Second Corinthians five or seventeen, if anyone is in Christ, locative positional, I'm positioned in him. Remember Jesus said in John fifteen, I'm the vine, you're the branches. We're in Christ. We're grafted into Jesus. We're not in Jesus and in our job. Oh, we'll have a job. Joseph had a job. But it was as the Holy Spirit directed. It was as he was being ordered by the Holy Spirit. It was not what he was doing for himself. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Now, please, that is going to take you probably some time to submit to the Holy Spirit, to be disciplined by the Holy Spirit. In my case, it's taken me 70 years. (laughs) I wish I had... Growing up much quicker. I wish I had submitted much sooner. It didn't need to take me 70 years. I could have been worthwhile to God in a much deeper way had the pride not been so powerful in my heart. I want to weep over it. But Jesus has forgiven me. He says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is coming into a relationship with God where we are in agreement with him about our sin and we're in agreement within, within our hearts with him about our unrighteousness and his righteousness. We're in agreement with God about his forgiving us and our forgiving others. We're in agreement with God that we are not in any way with our gifts our abilities able to do his work that he has to be the one who does it he has given us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ in other words I'm not the reconciler I'm the one who proclaims the reconcil- the reconciliation of God it's not by my ability that you will come to Jesus. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. So I come and I speak to you on behalf of Jesus. And I call you to be more than a part-time Christian. I call you to be set apart for Jesus. I call you to be enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. We implore you, Paul says, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers... Chapter 6, verse 1, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Now is the time of God's favor for you, my brother, my sister. How do we do this? Well, we do it by opening up our hearts. We say, Jesus, I am opening my heart to you. And then listen to what he says. chapter 6 verse 17 come out from them and be separate in other words come out and separate yourself from everything that is evil from the wickedness of our age stop looking at violent movies stop participating in the entertainment of the day stop going to the clubs stop Stop, stop, and start looking at Jesus and reading his word and asking him to reveal to you how to enroll in the school of the Holy Spirit and ask him to please enroll you now and take charge of your life. He says, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. He will receive you in the school of the Holy Spirit if you will stop touching everything that is morally filthy and unclean. Stop cursing. These are all in your ability to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm done with this alcohol. I'm done with this smoking. I'm done with this drug. Jesus, come save me from this, and he will come and save you. One man would call, He'd be drunk and he'd cry these crocodile tears. Oh, pastor, I just can't give up this alcohol. Finally, I said to him, you know why you can't give it up? You love it. And you're unwilling to let Jesus take it. And Jesus will never take it as long as you love it. So go to him and confess your great love for it and ask him, please, Jesus, put hatred in my heart for this wickedness. And I didn't hear from him again. He says, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Chapter seven, verse one. This is second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one. Since we have these promises, dear friends, what are the promises? That he will receive you. That he will make you his son and daughter. Dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So everything now that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about, you are going to cut off by the power of the blood of Jesus. Pride, you are going to humble your heart before God. You are going to stop the proud speech. You are going to stop the arrogance. You're going to begin to function as a servant to your family and to everyone around you. You're going to go the extra mile. You're not going to go in at the exact instant you're due. You're going to go in early and you're going to demonstrate the love of Jesus as a servant. You're going to wash the disciples' feet, not judge them and not cast them out because they displease you. You're going to humble your heart before God. And he will receive you. You're going to purify yourself from everything that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about. When he says, Come and spend time with me, you're not going to go to the computer, you're not going to go to the television, you're not going to go to the video games. You're going to cut them off in the name of Jesus because you're not a part time Christian. You want to be set apart totally and completely to Jesus Christ. You want to be graduated from the school of the Holy Spirit so he can use you in the glorious work of the gospel. Some of you are making no progress in your Christian walk. I know why. Because you still have idols in your life. You still have things that God has said to you, cut that off, and you've said, I can't. I love it too much. You have things that you have ignored. God has called you to do something and you've refused to do it. He's called you to sacrifice something for someone or some ministry and you've said, I can't do that. That's too much. You're a part time Christian. You have your own life and your own agenda. And you're willing to go to church and you're willing to give some tithes and offerings. You're willing to say, I'll follow Jesus, but you don't totally give yourself over. You are not letting your life be sown into the cause of the great commission of Jesus. I've been stripped of everything I once had. My car, it's gone. finances they're gone talent it's all in God's hands I say to him Lord I can't come on this radio and see anything that's going to help anybody but if you want me to go and speak what you've planted in my heart then I'll go but it'll make people mad they'll be angry with me they won't won't want to listen anymore they'll cut me off Is that okay? It's okay, Ray. Just speak what I give you. I've done that today, by the way. I've spoken only what the Holy Spirit gave me to speak. In the early hours of this morning, he was very clear about what he wanted said today. I've spoken it. Not because I'm somebody, I'm nobody. Not because you should respect me. You should should respect Jesus. so I come before you today a nobody and I offer you the opportunity to participate with this nobody in the ministry outreach of Pilgrim's Progress we're still $2,000 short for the month I don't know how we're going to have that I know Jesus does I know he'll move in your heart to give So if you'd like to give, please write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Went to the post office this morning and the box was empty. Went yesterday, the box was empty. I always pray as I go to that post office box, I say, Lord, thank you for what's there thank you for what's not there because this is totally by faith. So every area of my life I have utterly given. I am not a part-time Christian. I'm a full-time Christian. I'm still in the school of the Holy Spirit. I'm still being disciplined and broken and stripped. But I have such joy in my heart. I have such love for my Savior And I have such love for you and compassion for you. Oh, my brother, my sister, God loves you. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I'll go there after the broadcast and look and see if anyone has donated toward this month's radio broadcast. I love you, my brother, my sister. I want you to be a full-time Christian. I want the power of the Holy Spirit to break out in your life. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blankless before the presence of his glory with great joy.